Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. prayer changes things but I found that it's when you pray the word that prayer changes things amen so here is our decree that my ears heart and spirit are open to receive the engrafted word of God which is quick alive and powerful active in a spirit of meekness the ground of my life is fertile to nurture and grow the seed of God's word that will produce fruit in my life this week I am a successful doer of what I will hear today, and I will leave here today full of faith, love, power, wisdom, and victory. If you believe it, come on, give God a... Amen. So Roman, uh, uh, Mark, I'm sorry, that's my other scripture. Mark chapter number 12, starting at verse number 29. Are you there? Say amen. Are you there? If not, we have it on the screens, amen. And the word of our holy God reads, it says, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these, and you could be seated in the presence 
of our living God. Amen. And the title that we're going to be working with on today is The Impact of Honor. The Impact of Honor. Amen. Because if you will allow it, honor can truly impact your life. And not just your life, but impact the lives of those that are connected to you. Those that you interact with on a day-in and day-out basis. Amen. And so as we have moved into this new current sermon series talking about honor. Uh, we, we talking about it's uh, honor, right? Give me, give me a little thing for honor, right? The honor factor, right? And, and we understand our little sub or tagline is honor is what makes the difference. Amen. And so our title on today is, is the impact of honor. Amen. And I don't know about you. So what you're going to see, if you haven't already paid attention to it, I've noticed it. Last week, as we began to talk about honor, we went to the book of Revelation, chapter number four. And we begin to see the creative abilities of God, Jehovah Elohim, uh, in the Hebrew. So we know him to be the creative God, the Lord, our creator, right? And so Revelation chapter 4 speaks, you know, uh, and it actually ties back to Genesis chapter 1 where God had, you know, the whole week of creation. And, and we see God's creative power or God's creative ability, you know, in the book of Revelation, how he's designed everything. And it was for his pleasure that he created everything. So you and I, as well as all of nature, everything that exists, it was, it was created to bring God pleasure. And so one of the major things that, or how we bring God pleasure is by the means of our worship. Amen. And we found out that worship, or obedience, I should say, is the highest form of worship. So in us obeying God, which is a form of worship, or the highest form of worship, it brings pleasure to God. And so even as the dancers, vessels of adoration were dancing to the song, you know, part of the song was talking about all I want is for you to be glorified. And I get it, not everybody wants God to be glorified because there's some of us still looking to have our name in lights. You understand? We still want everybody to see us. We still want to be important. We still want to be known to other people. But there comes a time when you got all these different isms that are taking place in this day and age right now. All these different isms that denotes these different religions I'm just about the theos, the theanthropos, you understand? And when I say the theanthropos, I am about the God-man, the Jesus, the one who was fully God but yet fully man at the same time. I am about the theos and not the isms. And so all I want is I want him to be glorified. I want him to be glorified in who I am because I am his image here in the earth for him. I want him to be glorified in what I do because he's placed the purpose on the inside of me. Something better yet called his divine will. And so I want the divine will of God to be performed in my life. I want it to be carried out in my life. I want God to watch over his word, that being you, that being I. Because we are nothing more than words spoken from the mouth of God. And I want God to watch over us to perform that that he's spoken concerning us. So we're talking about the impact of honor. As you know, we started with honoring God first. And so as we go to the book of Mark, short book, you know, one of the synoptic gospels, and what Mark does, Mark kind of gives us a, it's, his book is almost like a, um, a punch you in the mouth book. It's just, he's, it's not all colorful, it's just straight to the point, just bad, this is what it is. Right, And as we're here in this particular chapter, you know, of course, they've been trying to trip Jesus up by the means of words and stuff. And one of the scribes come after Jesus puts the Pharisees and the Sadducees in their place. Because he shows and proves to them that he has infinite wisdom. But one of the scribes, and, and in the book of Luke, it talks about a lawyer 
a lawyer who's very good with his words, and the scribe, someone who studies the law, who's a very, another individual who's very good with their words. Now, look at this. He said, and Jesus answered him, and the first of the commandments. Said, Matter of fact, go up, go up. Can you go up? No, go up to like 28. Oh, they didn't plan for that scripture. Okay. 28 says, one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? In other words, what is the greatest commandment? You know, because folk will try to trip you up with conversation. Folk will talk enough to see exactly what it is that you know. Right? And we've talked about this before, even as we came out of the last sermon series, and we were talking about a Luciferian or a satanic mindset. We were talking about how people will try to trip you up based upon what you know as you engage in conversation with them. So here, it's nothing new. The Bible lets us know there's nothing new under the sun. So we see how this particular scribe comes and he asks Christ a question. Which is the first commandment of all then? Now I'll go to 29. He says what? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here. And here we find Jesus actually quoting from the law. You know? From the Torah, where he's quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, because we understand here, he's basically quoting the Shema. This begins the Shema. We understand the Shema is talking about here, oh, right? Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. And we told you in the, in the Hebrew, the word here is interpreted the Shema. And what that simply stands or means is this right here. Before the children of Israel actually heard the instruction that would come forth, they already had a well-made up mind. I am going to obey even though I don't know what the instruction is going to be. So when he's saying, hear, O Israel, which is the Shema, the beginning of the Shema, he's saying, okay, we are prepared to follow through with whatever the instruction is, although we haven't heard it yet. In other words, I have a way to, I've well made up mind to do what the Father says. See, they don't talk like that in church no more. We don't live like that in church no more. It's, it's, I'm still in control. I'm going to do my thing. But I wish I had somebody who said, okay, God, whatever you say, God, it's, 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 that will be done. I wish I had somebody who still would pray, God, let your kingdom come. See, they don't pray that in church no more. Let your kingdom come, that your will will be done. Because, see, we're still trying to get our wills done and everybody else around our will done. But I wish I had somebody who was still excited about the will of God. Oh, y'all going to make me have to fight today, I see. It's all right, though. He said, hear, O Israel. So before you've even spoke a word at your mouth, God, I have got my ears prepared. And matter of fact, the book tells us how they will ask God to dig out their ears, prepare our ears, God, that we're able to hear what it is that you're going to say. Um, and that's become a prayer of mine, God, prepare my ears, dig them out, God, that I will hear, God, that what you speak, God, it has the means to get down on the inside of me, God. Oh, God, that it, can it doesn't just stop in my ears, God, but it makes its way down into my heart, God. It makes its way down into my soul, God. It gets down in my spirit, God, that even when this flesh wants to go against what you say God uh, I got the word down on the inside of me and the word is yet keeping me but not only that the word is yet alive on the inside so that the word is quickening me that when this flesh wants to go contrary to the will of God uh, my spirit comes alive because of the word because of the word because of the word oh I wish somebody would prepare themselves to say here I'm ready to hear oh God just like the children of Israel my mind is made up God I'm ready to hear God what it is that you would say to me God oh 
out, God. I'm ready, God, to hear it, to walk it out, God, to obey, God, what it is that you're declaring, God. It says the Lord our God is one. There are no other gods. And like we talked about in, in this day and age, all these different isms that are going around, all these different religions, no, there's only one God. And don't get it confused that there are no other gods. We understand that there are other gods, little g, but there is only one true and living God. And there is no other God beside him. He is the great I am, the I am that I am. He is the sovereign ruler. He is the king of kings and the lords of lords. Oh, yes, I wish I had some help right there. He's the one that's still seated on the throne, and he's yet alive like the old church would say he's yet alive he is the one that reigns with all power in his hand and the bible declares that he's a man of war he's a strong tower he's a shield and a buckler he's a deepest huh he's the god that created the heavens and the earth rolled out this universe flung the sun the moon and the stars uh, in the nighttime sky it is this god that created you and i in his very own image it is this god that is the great defender great deliverer huh a strong tower uh, i wish i had i'm talking about your God and my God he is great and greatly to be prayed he is worthy of every name that is ascribed to him there is no God like our God from the rising of the sun to the going down of the saint he deserves all of our praise all of our adoration and all of our worship it belongs to him we're talking about Emet Elohim Emet the faithful and true God there is no other God like him See, there comes a point where we, it becomes so customary that we hear, hear about God to just hearing about God doesn't move us anymore. But I'm so glad that his name still moves me. I'm still glad that his name still moves me. Y'all know we got a song, Worthy is the Lamb. I'm so glad that when I hear Worthy is the Lamb, it still moves me down on the inside. Ah, oh, I'm so glad that I'm still alive and His Spirit is yet alive on the inside of me. Because you got a lot of dead churches and a lot of dead folk on the inside of church. But I'm so glad that when I hear Worthy is the Lamb, something begins to move on the inside of me. And I got to lift up my hands and give God praise. I got to let Him know that there is no other God like you, God. You're the only true and living God. You are the great I am, God. Ah! Oh God, there is nobody greater. Worthy is the Lamb of God. The God that was, is, and is to come. The Lord our God is one Lord. This triune God, but yet one. One Lord. He says... This is the pattern that God has given us because whether you understand it or know it or not, honor and love are connected. For instance, when you look at the marriage covenant, husbands, love your wives. Wives, honor your husbands. Love and honor are connected. And so we started with the honor of God. I want you to see the pattern. Because even as Christ began to talk about which of the greatest commandments, he started by saying, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Right? So as we, before we even move into that, I want to give a definition for honor. You got that? Honor denotes something that is heavy. 
heavy. Honor is also something, it's something valued by the weight. And when we talk about this heaviness of something, it denotes the, the, the weight of something. And because of the weight of something, this is what gives that particular thing its value. The weight that, 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 that this thing actually possess, right? And so we understand there is a weight or there is a value that we place upon people and place upon things, which speaks to honor. And in the Hebrew, we understand honor is what opens the inside door, meaning honor is the thing that opens the heart, the door of the heart, right? And because the door of the heart or the heart is open, it allows for us, honor is the thing, again, honor. Is the thing that makes a difference. So if we're going to have great friendships, it has to be because there is honor in this friendship. If we're going to have great marriages, it's going to have to be because honor is in this marriage. If we're going to have great love, it has to be because honor is in this love. If we're going to have great community or fellowship with one another, it has to be because honor is in the fellowship. If we're going to have the blessings of God, it has to be because there are honor. When I bless him, then therefore God can release blessings. Because of my honor of who he is, God can turn, turn around and honor me and release blessings into my life. And we understand blessings are not just materialistical things. We, are, we, we talked about this here. Blessings are the words that the father spoke over the children. I mean, you know, the word of God outweighs a house. The value of the Word of God is far greater than a house, far greater than a car, far greater than my business. Because guess what? You take the Word, I can lose the house. You take the Word, the car can get repossessed. You take the Word, the business can fall through. But give me the Word, God, and I got life. Give me the Word, God, and I understand, God. Everything may pass away, but your Word. I got something that is going to remain forever in my life. A word that God has spoken. Time, you know, there are some things when you put it next to time, it begins to expire. It begins to wear down. It begins to lose its value. But one thing about the word of God, the word of God is going to always outlast, outdo time. Huh? Oh, give me a word of God and guess what? Time is just going to roll right on by. But the word is going to be the word. The word is going to live. The word is going to stand. The word will still have the power when God first spoke it. So we're talking about honor, a couple of more definitions. We understand there's a value that you place upon a person or a thing, right? Honor is also defined as of the honor which one has by reason of rank or state or office. And then when you talk about honor, a couple of more definitions, you know what I mean? Well, uh, for honor, you know, without the Hebrew and all of these different things, Webster simply defines honor as to think of highly, to show respect for. To recognize the importance or spiritual value of. So in regards to God, I, I recognize the importance of the spiritual value of God. Him as a being, but also him in my life. And I understand if God were to be removed from my life, what kind of value would my life have without God? And see, most people don't understand. You, I understand the value of my life because of the God that gave me my life. I understand who I am because of the God that brought me to the knowledge of who he is. I understand my purpose in life because he brought me to the knowledge of who he is, followed by bringing me to the knowledge of who I am, then bringing me to the knowledge of what my purpose is. So I honor God for doing that. God has weight in my life. 
In other words, when the storms of life are blowing, they can't just easily move God up. God has weight in my life. No matter the difficult things that I've been trying with, no matter the hard things that I've experienced in life, what I understand because God has weight in my life, oh, when these things come, when the enemy comes to try me, God has not moved. Now, I may be moved. Oh, I wish somebody would go ahead and be real. I may be moved. I may get a little emotional. I may want to question God, but just give me about five minutes and I begin to give God some praise. And all of a sudden, God begins to remind me, like I told the disciples, I'm never leave you nor forsake you regardless of what you're going through i am here oh yes i am i'm here the bible declares that he's jehovah shammah he's the god that is there i'm there you have to just look for me if you begin to seek me i guarantee you you'll find me most of us give up on the first time we didn't see him on the first time you don't want to pray no more you don't want to praise no more because you felt like well i gave it all i had that time and i still couldn't find you oh, but maybe you just got to press in a little bit harder and maybe you got to shout just a little bit louder and maybe you got to just believe just a little bit stronger and just then when you are about to give up I found out it's in those moments when I was about to give up that God revealed himself I said God I bless your wonderful name like the scripture declare you are a good God huh? even in this bad moment right now you're still a good God huh? and I bless your wonderful name oh I feel the Holy Spirit God I bless your wonderful name yes uh, he's still a good God uh, regardless of what I've been trying with I will bless I feel the Davidic anointing. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise, uh, not my praise, but the praise of the Most High God. His praise, where is it going to be? It shall be in my mouth. Not cussing in my mouth, huh? but the praise of the Most High God. Not complaining in my mouth, but the praise of the Most High God. I will bless your wonderful name, God. Oh, great. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord, our God. We're talking about honor. I have a high respect, a high regard, a high reverence for you, God. I want you to know you got weight in my life, God. <laughs> hey, when life, when life, when life is turned all upside down, God, you are the thing, you are the one that's consistent, God. When people change their mind, God, they don't want to deal with me today, God. You're the one that's still right there. You remain consistent, God. You're dead, God. You've never failed me, God. I bless his name. Would you understand that love and honor are connected to the point that I can almost switch out the word. Give me the scripture on the screen. I can almost switch out the word. And thou shalt honor the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Uh, see, it's, it's got to be all of your heart. And too many days we have not honored or loved God with all of our heart. Something 
something else has a portion of your heart. Someone else has a piece of your heart. Well, if you can't get it back, say, God, just give me a new heart. We told you when we entered into this new year that God gave you a new heart. Yeah, I don't need a new heart, God, a brand new heart, God, because my emotions were tied up in some stuff, God. My soul was tied up in some stuff, God, but I thank you for a new heart, God, that what I feel about you, God, this thing is real down on the inside, God. You, why? Because you put your word, God, in my heart, God. Ah, and when I try to erase your word, God, ah, it's like you wrote it upon stone, God. No matter how many times I tried to get away from your word, God, this thing was written so deep in me, God, that I couldn't shake your word, God. I bless your name for the word, God, that is written upon my new heart. And with this new heart, I shall love the Lord my God with this new heart. And with all of my soul, when you understand my heart, it is a component of my soul, yeah. I'm not going to be thrown off. I'm not going to be shaking. I'm not going to be emotional because I got my heart right. Uh, you understand? My perception is right. You understand? Uh, because I'm seeing things clearer now. Uh, because when he gave me a new heart, uh, those things that were trying to cloud my judgment, those things that were trying to cause me to see differently, but I'm seeing it from the perspective of God's word. Uh, my eyesight has changed. Uh, that has caused my emotions to change. That has caused my heart to change. Which has caused my love to change. with all that mind another component of the soul I got to level with all my heart all my soul and with all my mind and see my mind it, it's almost like it's that first opposition against God oh y'all don't want to talk to me but I'm gonna talk to you uh, my mind has me thinking all kind of crazy thing when God said just come on bless me I know it doesn't make sense to praise me right now because things are not working in your favor uh, yeah it's hard and it's difficult to trust me right now but God is saying bless me right now and your mind is trying to get you to figure out why would I bless you when it doesn't look right why would I bless you when it it's not making sense. Why would I bless you when everything seems to be going wrong? Why, 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 why? You know what? There's even a time your mind will tell you, I tried that before. And when I tried it last time, God, I don't want to end up with the same results, God. Because you know what? They tell me that's insanity. My own mind is trying to tell me that I'm crazy, God. But you said that you are the God of peace, God. So wherever your peace is, God, confusion cannot rest, God. Wherever your peace is, God, lunacy can't abide, God. Wherever your peace is, God, craziness cannot occupy so if I allow my mind to be arrested by the peace of God oh I can bless God even when it doesn't make sense I can give God the praise even when it seems strange I can give God the praise even when it's difficult and then he said with all of my strength with all of my strength now notice in that argument you give that argument all of your Y'all not gonna talk. That argument has all of your strength. That walking around in silence has all of your strength. That unforgiveness has all of your strength. That perversion has all of your strength. Oh, fornication has all of your strength. Thoughts of lust and perversion, it has all of your strength. Uh, lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh and pride of life, it has all of your strength. Well, look who just walked in. All right. Oh. But he said, you got to love the Lord with all of your strength. And why is it when, it when it comes to God, all of a sudden you get weak? There are times you should be weak. Because he said, it's in your weakness that my strength is made perfect. 
He's talking about being weak to know. If he doesn't do it, then it won't be done. See, you know it's still your strength when you're still trying to be in control. You know it's your strength when you're still trying to make a way. But I've just come to rest in the fact that my God, if he created the heavens and the earth, what is a way? Y'all didn't hear what I said. If he had the power to create the heavens and the earth, then what is a way? What I'm trying to say is uh, he's a way maker. What I'm trying to get you to understand is my God is a way maker. All you got to do is stand still and see the salvation of God. All you got to do is stand still and trust in a God. While some are trusting in horses and chairs. But I will trust in the name of the most high God. Do you hear what I say? I'm going to stand still and watch God be God. You hear what I say? I'm going to let God. I'm going to do it in all of my strength. Because guess what? It takes all of my strength to be able to stand still and not do what I need God to do. You understand? It takes all of my strength to yield myself completely. It takes all of my strength to obey exactly how he said to obey. This is the first commandment. My love and my honor for God. And it requires all of my strength because this flesh supposes God. This flesh doesn't want to yield to God. Remember, we talked about giving yourself a, a conscience pass, allowing yourself to think any and every type of thing you can think of or imagine. But with all of my strength, I got to harness all of those ungodly thoughts and I got to cast them down. And I got to fix my mind on him. I have to fix my eyes on him. You know, you, some of us, we roll our eyes so much. It's not, it's not that you just roll your eyes at people. You roll your eyes at some of the words you've read that God. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can read a scripture like that, and that scripture challenges you in your flesh. You be like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and testify. Some days I roll my eyes at certain words like, Jesus, oh, today, can you came with something easy, just, uh, just something easy. But you wanted to hit me right where I was struggling at. Because we told you the word comes to confront you. It comes to challenge you. It comes to convict you to do what? To change you. And see, some of y'all are at that place of confrontation. See, there are some days, like yesterday, he might have just been challenging me. Get your faith up. Get your love up. And then there's some days he's confronting me. You know what it is. You know exactly why I came. I didn't come to talk about no blessing. I came to talk about your lack of faith. I came to stand like Joe. Brace yourself like a man or a woman. I came to talk to you about your control. I came to talk to you about your fear. Some days he's confronting you. Some days he's challenging you. And then there's some days he's allowing his word to convict you. And when the conviction of God comes, if you're not careful, the conviction of God will make you feel bad, just like condemnation makes you feel bad. And if you're not discerning, you can mistake conviction for condemnation. Because you feel bad when you understand and you realize what you have done has wronged God or has wronged the people of God. 
It makes you feel so bad some days you don't want to get off the floor crying about how you messed it up so bad. Oh, but see, right then, he'll remind you that I'm a God of mercy. <laughs> he'll say to you, listen, I'm a God of grace. Uh, you can come boldly before my throne yeah that you might obtain mercy come 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 I know you feel bad but get up and come 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 I know you feel like throwing in a towel but get up and come I know you want to quit but get up and come come seek me come call upon my name um, come find me this is the greatest commandment and he says the second he said the second is just like it thou shall love when we talk about love, love is talking about having a strong affection for someone or something. Having a strong affection, desire for God. He said, but it's not good enough to just have a strong affection or desire for me, but you got to have that same strong affection and desire for your fellow man, fellow brother, fellow sister. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about this right here. It specifically points to the second of the laws right here. That you know all the law has been fulfilled when you can do this right here. Matter of fact, in the book of John, he tells us in 1 John, he talks about, okay, stop saying you love me if you don't love your... Mm, that is the indicative factor that you love me. Proof is how you love on them. If you're not loving on them right, guess what? It's the indicating factor that your love this way is not right. If your love this way is not right, then your love this way is not right. And you got a lot of folk talking about they love God, but they mishandle the folk that are right next to them. They mishandle the folk that are in the house with them. They mishandle the folk that laying in the bed with them. They mishandle the folk that's serving them breakfast. They mishandle the folk that they work with, go to school with, talk to every day. You pass by folk every day and won't even acknowledge them. Uh, it is proof that how you say you love God, you're lying to yourself. Something has to change. We're talking about the impact of honor or the impact of love. You've got to be able to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I get it, there are some of us who struggle with self-hate. So I know you ain't loving on your neighbor. So you can't think that your love is right this way. Why am I right here? There are some of us who struggle with self-hate. Because of the rejection that we've been dealt in our lives. And we say, God, if you love me, why did you allow me to go through all of this type of rejection? Why did you allow me to experience all of these different things? The different abandonments and all of these different things, God, that you allowed to enter into my life, God. But on the other hand, you expect me to be able to love this way, God. How can I love that way when I've never experienced love myself, God? How can I love when I don't know how to be loved? I crave it, I want it, I know I need it, but every time somebody gets close to me, God, I find myself pushing them away because I'm afraid of love, God. I'm so afraid that I'm going to mess it up, God, because I don't know how to handle being loved. I struggle when it comes to my self-worth and my self-esteem, God. I try to tell myself that I'm mad. I try to tell myself that I'm beautiful, God. But because I have no one to echo what it is that I'm saying about myself, God, it becomes very, very difficult, God, to believe what it is that I'm saying about myself. Oh, but I wish you would just go to the book. The book says that you were beautifully mm, and wonderfully made in the image of God. Oh, when I can't find nobody else to echo me, my God has already declared what it is about me. I'm beautifully and I'm wonderfully made in the image of God huh? I look like my father he said it's by the spirit of adoption that I've been 
accepted into the family of the beloved. He's embraced me because of the spirit of adoption, his Holy Spirit. Oh, thou shalt love thy neighbor, thou shalt honor thy neighbor as thyself. When it comes to self-esteem, self-worth, because honor speaks about a weight. It speaks about a value. What is the weight that you placed upon yourself? Some of you give yourself too much weight. Because you swear you just a bomb.com. Every now and then, somebody got to let a little air out of you. Every now and then, somebody got to come by and pop your, you know what I'm saying, your balloon head. Oh, there are moments, I, I get that, I be feeling myself real good. You know, but I'm so glad God doesn't have a problem just being able to bring it on down. Bring it on down. I like when God talks simple to me. Bring it on down. And see, you, he, God doesn't give you the opportunity to act like you're so confused. Well, well, what do you mean, God? Bring it on down. And let me just be real. I know that I'm God's son, but God doesn't address me by son. He called me by my name. Lincoln? He doesn't say no pastor. Lincoln? And I'm not saying God doesn't speak to those people. Now, this is just me. This is just me. I feel God has to call, talk to them folks, son, daughter, because they self-esteem and self-worth is so low of them seeing or viewing themselves as a son. I understand I'm a son. He doesn't have to consistently remind me. My son. I understand I'm your son. Just call me Lincoln and you got my attention. Lincoln? Yes, sir. You know, you be waiting for what? Yes. Some days you don't know what you're about to say. You know, God has that way of just, he'll call you, he'll just give you that pause. Like, it's almost equivalent to when your wife say, I want to talk to you. You be like, oh, what, what, oh, what does she want to talk about? And men know what I'm saying. We start going through our head like, did I do, did I do, did I, oh, what in the world? You know, God, God was ministering to me about that. I said, God, you are a just God. You don't like false balances. So I'm going to start doing to them what they do to me. Rush, I want to talk to you. <laughs> and I'm going to see if it has the same effect. I'm going to see if she's going to be walking around this camp like, oh, what does he want to talk about? What does he want to... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm going to try. I'm going to see. Because he, he has a false balance. I'm going to see. Will it have the same effect? Will it have the same effect? I'm just going to call. I want to talk to you and just hang up. <laughs> Let me see what kind of effect that has. You know? Now, for my children, that it has a certain effect. I want to talk to you. Now, it can't be that me and the children have this. Because when she says it to the children, I'm going to talk everybody just... Me and the children, when she said she wanted to, everybody just around the camp like, oh, what does she want to talk about? Now, it cannot be. She does not understand what that feels like. So that means you got to honor us one day. If you got to fake it, you got to honor us one day. And you got to act like you unnerved when we say we need to talk to you. All right. So I hope you see the pattern. Honor God first. Then your fellow brother and sister. That is the pattern for love as well as for honor, right? Take us over to Romans chapter number 12. Where it's talking about in this 
I love Paul. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. That's my favorite, one of my favorite passages of scripture. But you're right here. You're right where you're supposed to be, okay? And here the apostle Paul, he's talking about, okay, love, your love has to be an action, has to be demonstrated. And we told you from a Hebraic perspective, love, 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 love from a Hebraic perspective, it is love that is being demonstrated. And the example that I give you is uh, when you look into the Hebraic context of scripture, when you see love, they would welcome strangers into their house. Stranger. I don't know them, never met them before. I don't know their mama, I don't know their daddy, but I would welcome them into my house. And if I saw that they had a need, I would attend to their need until they decided to leave my house. That is love. See, nowadays, you're not just going to let folk in your house. Even though the scripture says we're supposed to be giving them hospitality to the saints. There were some saints you're not about to let in your house. As you're like, I, 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 don't, I don't know them. Because everybody claims that they say nowadays, I don't know them. And if you happen to let somebody in your house, they feel all uncomfortable because you're discerning them like, praying all under your breath. They see your mama. Why they think this stuff? Why they think the people of God are crazy? We get all super deep and spiritual, praying all in tongues under your breath. You, are, you want something to drink? Child, I don't know about them. When they drink, I just wash that cup. <laughs> crazy, man. What he say? Be kind. Let this word go affection again. Remember? Love. Having a strong affection for someone or something or a strong desire. Be kindly affectionate one toward or one to another with brotherly love. And this love in the Greek has been interpreted in agape. Loving you for you. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. Right? So this is the thing. Even when you go back into Mark, when he was talking about love the Lord, because we're giving you the pattern. Keep in mind that Lord, it is a title, right? This is something I wrote down. It is a title of honor, a title of honor, expressive of respect, reverence. So even as we look at the word Lord or the title that has been ascribed to God, when you think about each one of us, your name denotes a title. So there was a certain reverence that comes. Because think about it when God, understand, when you look at the, from the perspective of God, your name, the very name, your purpose is wrapped up in your name. So even when we look at it from a Hebraic perspective, every name that was spoken or given to the child, it was given to the child based upon the purpose or the destiny that they believed this child was going to walk in pertaining to God. The name speaks to title. So there is a certain reverence or a certain honor. Because remember, we touched on this, you know what I'm saying? God has crowned us, right, with a certain level of honor. So even in your name, your purpose, there is a certain honor that you've been created with. Your name denotes title. And so understand what we're saying, okay, that word title is a title of honor expressive of respect and reverence. So my name itself 
is expressive. It's a title of honor, expressive of respect and reverence. Not my gender, my name. Not my gender, my name. My title. He says, and be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Right? Preferring. Choosing one another. It becomes a problem in church. Because if we're not careful, yeah, I got to talk to church, I'm talking to church, bro. So if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves having cliques in the church. But I'm not a part of your clique because I don't act like y'all. I don't dress like y'all. I don't laugh at y'all jokes or my hair is not the right color or my body image is not right. In the church. Or when folk want to be deep. Listen, you stay too much in your flesh. Oh, can I go ahead and be real? Now, see, there's some days I get real deep and spiritual on you. I get so religious on you. I'm like, listen, now you got to understand, you got to understand my religion. There's, there's a method of why I do what I do. I may get that religion because I'm really trying to hang on and stay saved. And I don't need your flesh or your sin trying to pull me because I'm already wrestling with my own stuff. That's so great so many days. I'd be like, Lord Jesus, if you don't help me right now. You heard what I said? I went real southern. I went all the way down there to the 305 Miami. If you don't help me right now, not right, if you don't help me right now, Jesus, it's about to be a problem. <laughs> I'm about to mess it up. No, that's no serious prayer. When you tell God, God, I'm about to mess it up. I get real, God, I'm about to mess it up. Everything you said about me, I'm about to mess it up, God. And only because of your grace and mercy, but I'm still about to, I'm going to have to start all the way over. And I can't afford to be starting over, God. I've been in this thing too long, God, to have to start over, God. I don't want to mess up the anointing that is upon my life, God. I don't want to mishandle the anointing, the knowledge, the wisdom. The revelation, the understanding that you've given me, God. I don't want to pervert this, God, for a moment of pleasure in my flesh. God, if you don't help me right now, I'm about to mess this thing up. So what I understand, because God honors me, God doesn't have a problem choosing me. He chose me before I chose him. Doesn't the Bible declare that he, he loved us first? So before I ever loved him, he loved me. I'm talking about while we were yet sinners, while we were the enemies of God, he still loved us. He still chose me when I was not thinking about choosing him. You know how you make all these empty false promises? God, I promise this the last time. He chose you knowing you were lying. Yeah, I chose you, liar. I choose liars. I, I choose fornicators. I choose adulterers. I choose murderers. Come here, Moses and David. I choose murderers. Before they choose me, I prefer, oh God, I wish God would help me. He said, I prefer the jacked up one, not the goody two shoes, not the ones that have it all together. Now I want them, but those are the ones that have a difficult time coming to me. But it's us jacked up ones 
See, everybody in the room not going to consider themselves jacked up. But for those that's willing to be real, it's us jacked up ones that recognize God. Uh, there is no good thing that dwell up in my flesh. I need you every day of my life, God. I need you in the morning. I need you in the middle of the afternoon. I need you late, 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 late in the midnight hour, God. Oh, God, I need you when this flesh is acting up. When this flesh wants to be scratched by somebody's strength. God, I need you. Oh, I'm about to mess it up. choose the jacked up ones now imagine what could happen in the church if all of us jacked up ones would choose other jacked up people we struggle with choosing other jacked up folk because if I choose another jacked up folk then their jacked up mess is going to cancel out my excuse why I can't be right because see, you got a story, and I got a story, and your story might be a little more perverted than my story. And I need everybody in my clique to feel like I'm the worst one. Then I struggle so hard with living saved. I need all the sympathy and empathy. I need all of that. But if you come with your jacked up story, which is worse than mine, you might replace me. So I'm not going to choose no other jacked up folk. But if you prefer other jacked up folk, imagine how the glory of God can come in the midst of us. Imagine why a homosexual would not be afraid to come in church because they feel like they're about to be beat up. Imagine how the pimp would come in here, lay his, I want him to come in here and lay his wad on the altar. I want him to come in here and put every last word he got on the altar. Say, listen, I'm changing my life. I'm going to give all this drug money to God. Give it to me. I, in the name of I bless every Benjamin right now. Hallelujah. Hey, God. You don't understand. God sent you. <laughs> God sent you. I heard him when I was a sinner. This is a, how can one come except God called him? I heard it when I was a sinner. Lord, I just pray for every drug dealer, every pimp that's out there right now that has an ear to hear you, God. Let them find us. Come turn their life around, God, and give their life completely to you, God. But if us jacked up ones would choose other jacked up people, imagine what the church would be. Take your eyes off of their issues and put your eyes on the individual. See, too many times we're confused by the I words the issue and the individual. See the individual and not the issue. Too many times we've made the issue become the individual. No, separate the individual from the issue. And can you just see the individual that they messed up, they jacked up just like you, but guess what? They need a God just like you. Imagine what we would have if we started preferring one another. Here's my last scripture. She says, well, when you go over to 1 Peter chapter 1, 22, Peter is now talking about living holy, sanctifying, separating yourself. The Bible says God is love. Huh? Do you understand how love has separated itself from lust? All that is in the world is lust, 
the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. So you see how love has separated, put a distinction between himself and all these things that are in the world. He says, seeing ye have purified, made pure your very souls, right? So the soul is purified. I get this. Seeing ye have purified your soul in obeying the truth. So the soul is purified. It says right in the scripture. This ain't no deep revelation. The soul is purified how? Come on, say it. Come, say it like y'all got it now. Your soul is purified how? The word in interpreted in the Greek can be, it can be replaced with by. So, seeing you have your, uh, purified your souls by obeying the truth. My soul is purified when I obey the truth. So if you want to remove the stains, the dirt, the spots, all of these different things that may be in your soul, on your soul, he said you can purify your soul simply by obeying the truth. Key word in front of truth. The or the. There's only one is what the scripture is letting you know. Jesus declared what in the book of John? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying Jesus through the Spirit. When you obey Jesus, when you obey God, when you obey the Lord, in truth, you purify your soul. Through the Spirit of unfeigned love. Through the Spirit of unfeigned, in the Greek, it's talking about sincere love. Now what you find in church, there's not always a sincere love. There's a fake love. There's an obligated love. <laughs> Some of y'all know about that obligated love. Just like it's obligated forgiveness. Oh, I'm going to forgive because I need God to forgive. See, that's me someday. I'm going to forgive because I know I'm going to need forgiveness. But if you're not forgiven because it's the right thing to do, then most of us just forgive because you know you're going to need it. Do you see how your motives are jacked up? Do you understand this? This is, this is, how, this is what we do. You know, even when you went, you know, I forgive you. The body language spoke everything, right? The tone said a whole nother message. <laughs> you understand? And you're going to walk away. You, me someday, I walked away really like, I'm good. So when I go out here and I let my eyes wander, God forgive me for looking over there. Now let's be real, Lincoln. Did he really forgive you? Because let's go back to the moment where you call yourself forgiven. Forgive me. Or I forgive you. What the Father? Did I really receive forgiveness from God? Some of us are begrudging when it comes to forgiveness. Hesitant, fearful. 
Well, like we said, some of us are merely doing it out of obligation. I know his, this is what his words are. Are you doing it because you want God to be pleased, though? Are you doing it because you really want things to be right between you and this individual that y'all have fell out really over nothing? He says, so your soul is purified through obeying Jesus through the spirit of unfeigned sincere love. Brother. Right? So obeying the truth of the spirit with sincere love of your brother is how you get your soul purified. See, I know y'all kind of just left that part off. You thought it was just obeying the truth. Oh, no. You see how Jesus set us up? You know? Because he understands that's not that easy for you to just obey the truth. But he said you got to obey the truth and love your brethren with a sincere love. This is how your soul is about to be purified. So all of that, purify my soul, God. Oh, God, purify my mind. Your soul is not purified if you're not obeying the truth and loving your fellow brother and sister with a sincere love. So if you're talking about they got on your nerve, guess what? No purification happened in your soul. If you talk about, I can't stand them, I don't like what they say, I don't like how they handle me, your soul has not been purified. Now, you know your soul is purified. When they did what they did, you're like, I still love you. Come, come, bring it in. Bring it in. But see, most of us, that's not most of us. You know when you're mad, especially me, when I'm mad, don't touch me. Don't, you want to start something, don't touch me. And see, folk be trying to see how saved you are. They'll throw that, no, you're supposed to be saved. <laughs> They'll throw your titles in there, the pastor, prophet, you're supposed to be saved. Yeah, they'll throw that, God not pleased with that. You know, God, not, God ain't pleased with how you, you, you trying to torment me. You ain't tormenting me with no love. Because the thing is, when the roles are reversed, you that main one, don't touch me. Well, I thought you said that didn't bother you. It bothered me, don't, it bothered me today. Don't touch me. I said, don't touch me. <laughs> Your soul is not purified. I'm talking about me. God is helping me. Because I've been guilty of praying that prayer. Purify my soul, Jesus. Purify my mind, my heart, eyes, mouth, ears, all of that. And now look at Jesus. And you ain't purified if you ain't love them folk. Because my problem, what is it? Obeying the truth. I can hear the word of God mad, and I'm still going to do what God say do. Except that part right there. Well, God, I don't know how to love them right now. I, I don't know how to come down out of this anger just yet and love on them and mean it, God. Now, I've even gotten to the point where I could be mad and still hug folk or let them hug me and just be standing. You know, just standing there looking crazy. Like, I'll be glad when this is over. Oh, my God. Jeez, I, I let them hug me. What else I got to do? Love them for real? 
they might be loving you for real, but are you loving them for real? Because if they able to do that with a sincere heart, they purify they soul, you still the one jacked up. He said, see that you love one another with the pure heart fervently. Do you understand this word fervently in the Greek it said that you love one another intensely. When they're trying to get away, get out. Come here, Bishop. I'm going to love my wife. That's right. She's so sweet. Just like Ken. <laughs> Buying the devil. <laughs> right? But notice, when, now you got to, you act like how you say I be acting dead. When you try to love on me, right? Now she will, she'll come and try to love on me, and I'll be like, I'll be trying to pull out white. Right? She'll kind of pull back and look like, what's wrong with you? Right? But the scripture said, do what? Love. See that? You love one another with a pure heart fervently. Meaning, even when she doesn't want to be loved, I still love her intensely. She's trying to get away, but no. Oh, no. Come on. And it. And eventually, guess what? She'll love back on me when you love intensely. You understand? She's going to love back on me or I'm going to love back on her when you love intensely. So in other words, even when you talk about doing it intensely, I'm doing it with intention. My intention is to love on you, but in return to have you love back on me. So I'm going to do it intensely. So what am I saying? Be intentional about loving on people. Because guess what? Loving on people intentionally and obeying the truth is how you get your soul purified. I'm in the book, right? So we're telling you, this is the impact of honor. And like I said, we can almost replace the word love with honor. So this is the impact that love, because guess what? When God chose you, even though you failed to choose him, it was the impact that his love had in your life. Because you begin to remember, I'm nothing more than filthy rags at your feet. You begin to remember, I'm a wretch undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, God. I'm not worthy to be loved in this manner, but. See, there's that but. But yet you love me. Anyhow. I'll never understand it. But I'm grateful. I may never know why, but I'm grateful that you love me, God. So now it becomes my mission to intentionally, intensely love on people. Why? Because this is the nature and this is the character of a father. He honors his creations. Or he loves his creations. As we saw in the book of Revelation, everything in heaven, whether angelic beings or crystal glass sea, everything that God created, he created to reflect in his own image. It spoke back to, it was a reminder of himself. So even for those of us on earth, it is your mission to love. You were created to love and to be loved. 
So stop avoiding people phone calls. Because we smart now. I'm not going to just send you the voicemail because then you're going to know I'm writing them a phone. And we already know you keep your phone on you at all times anyhow. So you just figure you've gotten smart by, I'm just going to let it ring, 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 ring till it goes to the voicemail is on. No, answer the phone. You don't know why that person is calling you today. Don't nobody want to borrow any money. I'm trying to tell you that I love you. Because maybe if you heard love from a pure place, you'll stop looking for love in all these perverted places. Oh, you don't want to talk to me because you're still broken because your father was not there. So you keep looking for love in all these perverted places. But when God tries to send you a pure, unbeaten love, to hear somebody say, I love you and I don't want anything, but I just want to love on you. You're afraid of that. You're afraid of letting people get too close to you. Because what is that going to require of me if I let them love on me? Oh, you know that love is going to change you. You still deceiving yourself thinking that who you are right now, if you're not the person God called you to be, you're deceiving yourself thinking that you're okay. I understand how much I need the love of God. And I'm not just talking about from God himself, but I need the demonstrated love from God from my fellow brother and sister. I'm talking about to love me enough to tell me when I'm messing it up, look, hey, it doesn't matter because I'm the pastor. Hey, bruh, you need to take a step back. You need to fall back. That's love. I need somebody who's not afraid to correct me. My wife will correct me, Pastor Ivan, Pastor Terrence correct me. That's proof that they love me. Even though some days I be acting a slam fool, they still love me. And that's what we all need. You need love. Stop denying love. Stop running away from it because of everything that you come out you don't want. Is there everything that you call yourself looking for? behind closed doors and when no one is looking on the internet trying to connect with folk because you're looking for love amen honor will impact your life if you would allow it because like we told you if honor is not working in your life because there was a balance of things then I guarantee you, you'll see dishonor working in your life so I encourage you honor God follow the pattern honor God and then honor the people that God has allowed you to encounter. It gets so serious that you got to honor locations, places, time. All of these different things. And I was going to speak to that because honor in the Greek, the Greek word for honor is T-made, which looks like the transliterable spelling of it looks like time. And we told you love is a four-letter word. It's a four-letter word spelled T-I-M-E. When you spend time with folks, that's the indicating factor that you love them. Yeah, they talk too much, but you're right there. Yeah, they'll touch you too much, <laughs> but you're right there. I know you don't get down with the feet thing, but you're going to endure it. You're right there. Why? Because that's an indicating factor that they love you. And when you can handle those feet, oh yeah, when you can handle those, I've been there. But when you can handle those feet touching you, huh? when you can endure that, that's an indicating factor to them that they know that they're loved by you. I don't know if I've just gotten a little older, because I have, but I understand. Time is not on either one of our side. 
And when you look at all the time that you lose by all the frivolous, trivial things that we argue or fall out about, I can't ever make that or get that time back. Love is a four-letter word spelled T-I-M-E. So you ought to love somebody. If you can't physically be there, spend some time with them on the phone. If you can't physically be there, talk to one another in a chat. But don't send me no emojis for everything you got to say. I'm too old for that crap. I don't understand all of that stuff, man. I have to go to, but I look like going to my 14-year-old. Can you interpret these, interpret these tongues right here? <laughs> I got to have my 14-year-old interpret the tongues, the emoji. Because the Bible says there's diverse tongues. This is another tongue. Can you interpret this tongue? I ain't got this one. What is the Lord trying to say to me? Amen. Y'all come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So there is an impact that honor will have in the lives, not just yourself, but the lives of other people that you're connected with. Amen. So be open to honor and be open to be honored by fellow brothers and sisters. Amen. All right, if you need an envelope, come on and raise your hand and the ushers will quickly get you an envelope in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, we're going to get our decree for our offering up in Jesus' name because this ship is about the word we're speaking and declaring the word of God. We understand that the word of God is alive and the word of God is going to quicken us and our spiritual man causing this natural man to come alive as we have ears to hear, not just hear, but have a mind already well made of mind to obey what God is saying to us and speaking over us in Jesus' name. Amen.